Welcome to In Search of the Great America, a virtual road trip to the biggest city and a small town in each state of the Union. 100 guests will be invited to define their great America, past, present, and future. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and I really want to know, what's your great America? Hello, and welcome to In Search of the Great America. Today, we have with us in the studio, Vena Tierro. She is a single mom of two sons diagnosed with autism. She's a producer, writer, public speaker, Emmy-winning editor, activist, and a comedian who goes by one letter, V. Hello, Vena. Welcome to the show. Hi, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Where did you grow up and what was it like? I was born in Detroit and then we moved to Pontiac, 25, 30 miles out. And it was during the time in the 60s when uh, the auto industry was just starting the big boom and Blacks were migrating from the South to the North to get great jobs. So it was an awesome time, very positive for African-Americans. Back then we were Negroes and soon we became Afro-Americans and then we became Black and now we're back to African-Americans. I tend to stick with the word Black. I like that. I don't know why, because I grew up during the time of Black power also and my dad was an activist. But yeah, we moved to Pontiac. Blacks were property owners, homeowners. They were getting their children good educations. And we lived in an interracial community. I've always been raised with blacks and whites just together, just totally cool, no issues whatsoever. Even though there was a great deal of racism in the world, I don't know if it was the insulation or we just were people who were looking to the positive and we just had that type of lifestyle, everyone around us. My family moved from Detroit to Pontiac and purchased a home. We were the first Blacks in our neighborhood. And in fact, our home was featured in Ebony Magazine, which was a big deal. But I had next door neighbor, white girlfriend, you know, we played together. And then later a Black family moved in. I had a Black girlfriend and we played together. When I got to junior high, there were racial issues, racial unrest with busing. There was a notion that integration would help education in supposedly underserved communities. I don't know if that was true, if that played out, but check this out. You may have heard, people may have heard about buses being bombed. That was in my hometown. And what happened was the students band together and created a coalition saying, we can make it work. And it was the multicultural students that stood up and and put the parents down who were bringing up ugliness and racism. So my life growing up was always very interracial, very strong black heritage, you know, with the soul food and family and all of that. But I was also surrounded by Caucasians who were just wonderful family people themselves. I didn't get exposed to Asians or Latinos, Latinas, or uh, Native Americans to much later in life. So that was my upbringing, just middle America, apple pie, truly, with a little sweet potato pie (laughs) from the Black folks. Perfect. Was there a time in history that you thought America was great and why? I'm gonna step out on a limb and say what I truly believe. America 
always was great, is great, and always will be great. And I say that in spite of the atrocities and horrific historic landmarks we faced over the years, uh, raping and pillaging the land from the Native Americans, importing Blacks from Africa and uh, charging them to free labor. And then once Blacks got on their feet and owned businesses and were innovators and money makers, raping them of that. And then the disempowerment of women, the disenfranchisement of women in a patriarchal ignorance and gay hate just shrouded and covered and there was so much gay rape we now know in the church but you know people wrote about it back in the 20s i read books and then the hidden rape of women all of this in spite of all of that we have still been great there have been throughout all of this native americans who have somehow thrived and cared for their families and maintained their traditions and fought for their rights. You see, now they are getting reparations for it. Amen. There were Blacks who still thrived and still were innovators, thriving first in the arts and in sports and now in business and legislation. It's amazing. We have an African-American Indian vice president. And look at gay rights. We had a gay man run for president. We have gay teachers. We have openly gay students and children. So America is great. Women still run the world. I don't care what anybody says. And we can stand back and be cool about it and let other people think that we don't. But America is great because we allow choice. Even now with vaccines, as long as we have choice, America will always be great. What is great about America now for you? What's great about America now for me is me. <laughs> they don't know who they're getting ready to see. I mean, I've always been a person who, who was fed with positivity, who sought greatness in everybody. I was raised with Christian values. I've read the Bible front to back several times. And I love the model of the walk on earth of Jesus the Christ. I love the walk on earth of all men and women who promoted universal love. And so what's great about America right now is we don't have really well-known leaders who are promoting that on a big scale, like A-listers. But there are a bunch of C-listers who are percolating and it's getting ready to get really super bad, baby. You know, because like you, you are a person who's out there looking for the goodness and you're spreading it. So we're out there right now being great by being loving and looking for the good and sharing the good. And no matter what's happening on the other side, we are working so hard that no matter what type of administration, no matter what types of problems ensue, all the deaths from all the different things, particularly the mass shootings, 
We have prayer vigils that are helping to heal hearts. All of the nursing homes and rehab centers that gave our elderly COVID and took them out so fast. I know of several personally. You know, we still look to the bright side. We still don't get knocked down. We get back up time and time again. We are making America great every time we breathe and smile at someone else. America is great every time we just forgive and move on and continue to uplift someone else and let them stand on our shoulders. And that's what I'm about. I do it through my comedy. I do it through my activism as an autism advocate. I do it everywhere I go. I have on a mask, but I make sure people know my eyes are beaming love at them. What does your great America look like in the future? Well, I'm in the comedy world. And comedy back in the 70s was maybe six, seven guys, you know, maybe 20 in the 80s, probably 40, 50, 100. The 90s saw a big blossoming. Now, everybody is running to the mic. Everybody wants to say something. So I see America becoming more free, more free with public speaking. Praise the Lord for, is it our second amendment? And I believe that the future of America's greatness is coming from those who are being raised up with the confidence and encouragement to speak their mind. Now, speaking our mind in opposition, everybody has a right to their opinion. And great leaders who know what's best for everyone all of a sudden galvanizes the masses. They galvanize the masses and then everyone knows the best truth. When the best truth comes, then we have our leaders that actually change. So I believe the future of America is gonna see phenomenal leaders that are babies now, some of them hidden, and perhaps some of the leaders that we see that aren't shining brightly are gonna step into that light. But mostly, they're going to give permission to everyone else that positivity and treating people well is important and loving one another. So I see the greatness of the future of America resting purely in love. Who are we when we are our best? Who are we when we are our best causes me to go to the most important thing to me, my favorite source of conversation, and that is divinity. We all have an inner small voice, an inner knowing. Some people call it intuition. Some people call it source. Some people call it God. Some people call it infinite intelligence, but it's a felt thing and it's an audible thing. And no matter what, forces out there are against it. We all have the ability to go inside and know what's best first for ourselves, because just like on a plane, we have to put the oxygen mask on ourselves. So we go within and we find real 
divine truth. And we operate from the theory of authenticity, making choices that are not just best for us short-term, but what's best for the greater good of all humanity long-term. Now, how this divinity will present itself in the world is the biggest challenge. And it's been the biggest wronging of so many rights over the centuries because man wants to create everything in man's or woman's own image. And we're not all the same. All of our images are very diverse. So it's gonna look very different in various sects. Proper education in, with one group of people is not gonna be the same as proper education with another group of people. Everyone doesn't learn the same. Everyone is not meant to produce the same product or be the same level of importance in, in their divine walk. So I am praying that we all can accept. And the, the big powerful word is allow. See what is and feel what is good. I really pray that our society as a whole comes out of our head and feels what is right. Because, you know, we can think all day, but the inner knower is not necessarily a thinker. It's a feeler. When you feel things are right, they're right. When you feel things are wrong, they're definitely wrong. And so people who want to feel something's wrong and then think it through to make it right, that may be a problem. So if people can just feel when they know, you know, and most people are like that, they'll say, you know, I don't know what it is about that person, but I could just feel their energy. I could just feel they know what they're talking about. I could just feel that kid is powerful. I feel that kid is an old soul. I feel that lady knows me. So when we get into our feelings, understanding that good feelings are the most powerful and the most divine and allow that to generate thought, then I think uh, we're going to really see powerful divinity that really uplifts us all and unifies us all, even when we're diverse. Thank you so much for being on the show, Vanna. Oh, it's a pleasure, Lauren. I mean, I don't get to think about these things. I'm happy to get to talk about it. Can we just like talk every day? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to In Search of the Great America. Today's episode had music by Valentin Sochnitsky. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. For show notes and more information on the podcast, please visit our website, greatamericaproject.com. Thank you.